A federal judge keeps the temporary block on Title 42 as America is feeling the results of a wild West immigration policy that's tearing the nation apart. Center for Immigration Studies Executive Director Mark Gregorian is here with the latest. And then Justice Clarence Thomas said during a conference in Dallas Friday night, I do think with what happened at the court is tremendously bad. I wonder how long we're going to have these institutions at the rate we're undermining them. Wow. Big moment on Roe v. Wade. Attorney Sidney Powell on those stories, along with the election defamation lawsuit coming out of Colorado. And then Iowa Senator Zach Nunn talks about the midterm election and why more and more military are running for office, along with his own race for the U.S. House. And Alana Friedman joins us to deliver an intelligence report on Russia, Ukraine, Israel, and China. A very powerful viewpoint this Sunday is next. the bias, the lies and deceit, and bring forth real talk from real people about real news. Providing the out loud truth and capturing the essence of a new generation all in a fast-paced hour. This is Viewpoint This Sunday. Welcome to the weekend news magazine, Viewpoint This Sunday. This is Malcolm Allow here. Well, there's a lot of stories in the news and none more important than uh, immigration. Uh, you see Title 42, uh, is uh, that, that date is coming quick, but there was an interesting uh, development that happened uh, in the last day here uh, with Title 42 and the judge. We'll talk about all that today. Let's start that conversation up right now here with Mark Gregorian is here. He is executive director of the Center for Immigration Studies. Uh, they are all immigration. If you want to know anything about immigration, friends, it's cis.org. Very easy interest to uh, to remember. And you'll just get every kind of perspective and, and a real grasp of the issues right there. Now, to explain to everybody Title 42, this was put into place with the Trump administration, and uh, basically it allowed Custom and Border Protection to expel the migrants uh, to, to Mexico and back to their home countries, if you will. Uh, this was it all in relation to the uh, coronavirus and, uh, you know, all of that that was happening at the time. More than a million people were expelled under Title 42 in 2021. Now, just think about that. More than a million people. That's remarkable right there. If we hadn't had that in place, what that would have uh, developed here. Uh, Mark, your uh, interesting op-ed I like on uh, CIS says the White House does, in fact, have a post-Title 42 plan. Uh, and you talk about what that plan is. And you sort of get into connecting the dots you talk about and the grounds for asylum. Uh, interesting part of the plan. A lot of people are not connecting those dots. So let's start right there. What do you think is going on here? The administration obviously has been using this Title 42 provision that Trump put into place. It's like the only immigration thing they haven't gotten rid of. And it's enabled them to basically, like you said, bounce people back out of the country without any hearings. They can't, you know, say the magic asylum words as a way to uh, stay in the country. The, you know, the Republicans and a lot of Democrats, frankly, were criticizing the administration, saying you don't have a plan for when you end Title 42, which is supposed to happen on May 23rd. 
Uh, there was a hearing this week that suggested, first of all, it's on hold anyway, getting rid of it. The hearing this week suggested it's not probably not going to go away on that date, uh, but it's going to go away at some point. And the administration is basically what they're planning to do. They're saying, look, we have a plan. Their plan is not to stop all of these people from crossing the border illegally. Their plan is to process illegal immigrants as quickly as possible into the United States so that they say their phony baloney asylum claim, oh, I'm persecuted, what have you. Some of them are maybe, but very few. Uh, and the administrations, you know, will take their pictures and their information and then put them on a list for a hearing, you know, two years from now, three years from now. Please, you know, turn yourself into ice when you get where you're going and um, have a nice day. And they lose track of a lot of these people. Some of them do show up for hearings, but then when they lose their cases, they never leave. So the point is, Title 42 has been a very important tool to enable the government to keep people from getting into the pipeline to begin with, to keep illegal aliens from sort of insinuating themselves into the system. Once it goes away, this administration's plan is just to speed that up and make it more efficient and quicker. Uh, and my point is people need to understand that's what these guys are about. Uh, they're not going to try to deter or, turn, or, or keep people from getting into the U.S. illegally. They don't believe that anyone coming to the border who says, I'm persecuted or my country is poor or I don't like where I live, whatever it is, they don't think anybody like that should be turned away. We don't have the right to turn anybody like that away. And that's really important for people to know. Half the states of the union, almost half, 24 states right. sued and have been suing. That's what this lawsuit's about. Right. To stop the administration from doing it. And the judge kind of temporarily put a hold on it. They said, you can't start the preparations to get rid of Title 42, but he's going to issue a ruling before the 23rd, which was the scheduled date, it looks like from what happened this week from the you know, in the hearing that he's probably going to say you can't lift it on the 23rd, both because they didn't dot the I's and cross the T's that they spoke that they were supposed to have done. This is the kind of thing that happened to the Trump administration all the time, remember? Right. But also that lifting it will create huge costs for these states and the administration didn't take any in that into account. So I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't bet my mortgage right. that it's that title 42 is going to still be around May 23rd, but I would okay. bet lunch. Okay. Okay. All right. Fair enough. That's a, that's a decent bet. Uh, no, we get the sense of that. All right. Mayorkas was uh, on the Hill. What? Not too long ago, last couple of weeks, I believe it was. Yes. And uh, boy, he took, he took a real uh, a grill in there uh, to, to say the least. And of course, many asked him to resign and get the hell out of office, of course, which wasn't going to happen. Uh, he's a, a very um, interesting person for the times. Uh, however, they put him in that position is quite, quite interesting because he, he doesn't, um, uh, you know, a wink at all. I mean, he, he just stays steadfast on his master plan, whatever that, it, which looks to be chaos. 
they're putting that all there, Mark. This other thing where they were taking the migrants and distributing them around the country into all the states, which really I think a lot of people are now waking up to that. It's no longer a border problem. It's it's a, it's an every state problem. And of course, they started what Texas sending them back to D.C. up to putting them up there, and uh, you know, DeSantis threatening the same stuff and doing you know. All, you know, the states are pushing back on this, which, of course, the responsibility of this should really be with the states because the federal government isn't doing their job and the 10th Amendment should kick in right there. The, the, I don't think the governors are being well. That's a good point to bring up with you, actually. I don't think the governors are doing enough. Quite frankly, these governors should really start to um, str- strong arm the federal government to back off and then solve the problem themselves. Do you see more of that happening ahead? Well, I mean, the, clearly the states are doing uh, what they think they can do, but there's a limit to what can, I mean, there are some people saying that Texas should declare what's happening right. to constitute an invasion under the meaning right. of the constitution. Right. right. Um, the thing is, you know, if they, I mean, you can argue that might be worth doing, but they'd lose in court. In other words, it would immediately be um, enjoined, held up, you know, frozen in court, whatever they were, you know, whatever steps they were doing and um, then it would end up for the Supreme Court. I don't think the odds are good that they would actually win that. And so I think that's what Texas has calculated. And so what they're doing is they're thinking about doing everything they can short of that stuff they know they certainly can get away with. One thing the governor of Texas, Governor Abbott, did was shut down the bridges across the Rio Grande to truck traffic. Huge amount of trade goes across the border by truck. And Texas can't stop that because there's regular immigration inspectors. But what they can do after the truck gets through the immigration checkpoint, they can set up and did set up safety checkpoints because they have the authority to check trucks coming from Mexico. You know, the brakes and all that stuff, just road safety. So they did that and they gave every truck basically a colonoscopy. I mean, it took them, they were getting three trucks an hour through there, backing up for miles into Mexico until the Mexican state governors, there's four states that border Mexico, um, border Texas, they all cried uncle. They said they signed an agreement with Texas saying, we'll do what we can on our side with our state police and what have you to try to limit immigration. Now, maybe they were just fooling him. Maybe it was just a con, but he got some response. And so I think, I mean, I don't know, I think the states, Texas in particular, are doing what as, as much as they can realistically be expected to get away with. Well, the root, ca- the root cause mm-hmm. is in the White House. That's the problem. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, but, you know, it, it, we also need to um, spotlight to the American people to see what's going on. And, you know, this business as usual with the border and the criminal intent of what's taking place here is massive in size. And, you know, you mentioned the Supreme Court a moment ago. And, you, you know, now, now let me ask you, you know, you almost would think if some of these governors did get together and did a real push, in other words, the power is, I still believe the power is within the states. Uh, and I think if they connected the dots a little bit and did a real firm pushback to Washington, like something we haven't seen before, and let this stuff escalate to the Supreme Court, and let's put the Supreme Court on notice right then, let's have them speak up. Because right now, Mark, 
this is a Wild West policy that is killing our country. And we're only at the really early start. I mean, the, at the pace they're going, I mean, what are we, as I've asked you before, what are we going to look like uh, come 2024 by the end of this administration? It, it, I mean, it's going to be total, complete chaos. I mean, and, and we never can pull that uh, back into the genie bottle, as they say, Mark, because the damage is done and they're all over the they're all over the country at that point. And you can't just, you know, you're not gonna be able to just send them all home and round them up. So I, I don't know. I just wonder, isn't there I mean, you say they're doing everything they can and, and I take that on face value, but there's got to be something more we can do with states as a nation since because the federal government is not protecting these borders. They there are no borders anymore. There there are they don't exist, Mark. Yeah, no, I mean I I think that the kind of thing you're talking about is likely to happen if and when Title 42 gets lifted, hmm. because we're talking hmm. huge increases, yeah. doubling, maybe tripling wow. the number of people per day illegally sneaking across the border. And this administration just plans to, mm -hmm. you know, process them and let them go. If that happens, then I think you may well see a dozen, even two dozen states somehow get together and and basically make a case that this constitutes invasion under the meaning of the Constitution. I don't know that they would win that, but I think um, the administration is going to push them into a corner to do that yeah. by lifting Title 42. Yeah, it's a tipping point. It is a total, right. total tipping point is what we're talking about here. Now, people are being impacted in the real world. The the uh, inflation, the, the uh, economic problems we're having, um, I, we're, we're at a point I, I, I can't really say I ever thought we'd be really talking about and, and what this administration is really trying to accomplish, which is a very hostile agenda by, by any means. I guess what I'm asking is sometimes you have to, the, the system has to be really busted and broken and people realize before we can really fix it. We're, we're headed there fast, aren't we, Mark? What, what do we do? Yeah, yeah, no, I think you're right. I mean, I'm I'm pining for the good old days of Jimmy Carter, you know, I mean, because, <laughs> oh my golly, he, you know, he was frankly, way more of a patriotic American, and uh, seemed frankly, was more competent than the mm. people running this administration. And so, mm. you know, that was bad enough. But that was the kind of situation where things had to get really bad before people before voters rouse themselves and set things right for the next, you know, 20 plus 30 years almost. Uh, I think we're, we may be in a similar situation, you know, with the gas, the inflation, the borders, a disaster, and the Democratic Party, uh, frankly, has gone insane, um, you know, with the boys should be wearing dresses and all this stuff. And I think it's going to take a couple of election cycles mm -hmm. where the Democrats just get annihilated mm. um, for them to kind of wake up in the way that they did when Clinton came in. And, you know, I didn't vote for the guy. Uh, I don't like him, but he was Bill Clinton at least understood the Democratic Party had gone off the rails and presented a more moderate, less crazy version. It's going to take at least the kind of thing, the kind of defeats the Democrats saw at the hands of Reagan for them to wake up again. Maybe I'm hoping it'll happen, um, but it's not going to happen right away. And, uh, you know, interestingly, along those lines, Hispanics are now shifting yeah. toward Republicans. That's the kind of thing that maybe 
can wake up the Democrats, the fact that they're just losing these their voters right and left. Really, really sincerely appreciate all the work you and all of the team there at uh, CIS is doing on immigration to make people aware of these policies. We really appreciate your, your work, brother. Thank you. Uh, time to mention also uh, our strategic partnerships here at America Out Loud. You know, one of the best products you, you want to have in your home and everybody in your family and, and the people you love around you should have one of these little bottles, Cofix RX. Cofix RX is a nasal rinse where you wash your nose uh, because this is where the viruses are. Colds, flus, influenza, superbugs, uh, SARS-CoV-2, you name it, whatever it is, it harbors in the nose, gets in your respiratory tract. And then the problem is it gets into your lungs. That's the deal with this. And that's why I'm on a mission to let people know the value of, you know, your nose. You, we all learned as kids, you know, watch your nose or whatever. Now it's wash your nose, right? Uh, but that's the idea here with Cofix RX. It's a little bottle with uh, povidine iodine that uh, rinses that nose and kills any of those pathogens in there. And we'll get them out of there so you don't uh, have further problems with it. Uh, so those little bottles, every listener gets 20% off, by the way, of CofixRx. you got to use the code out loud is all you got to do. CofixRx.com forward slash out loud will also do that. Or just click the banner ad back at americaoutloud.com for CofixRx. Highly, highly, highly recommend this product with the povidine iodine, and it will kill any of those pathogens. Uh, the other thing you want to remember, friends, is to take care of yourself with our strategic partnership with Healthy Cell. Nothing like it, nothing like it. I've been taking it for four, over four years now. It's a tremendous product. Uh, immune Super Boost. It, it impacts your immune system. We, we're talking vitamin C, vitamin D3, zinc, echinacea extract, elderberry extract. It's an amazing product line is all I can tell you. Uh, also, look up Focus and Recall. It helps us all with a little more brain power. Check that out as well. REM sleep helps you sleep. All these products are micro gels. Come in a little, little package. Easy to take right out of the package. Tastes good. Or put in a little water, which is what I do because I take other things with it. So HealthyCell.com forward slash out loud. Our listeners get 20% off that first order. Just use the code out loud and they'll know you listen to us and you'll get the discount there as well with healthycell.com uh, uh, forward slash out loud. Again, banner ads back at America Out Loud. Check that out as well. We're going to take a real quick pause. Going to be back with one of our favorites here on America Out Loud and that is Sidney Powell will join us. Lots to talk about next. Stay right there. More Viewpoint in just a moment. While many things we hear are lies, we know one thing is true. Viruses exist and people get sick. Look, there's no guaranteed way to keep from getting sick, but there is a way to reduce your chances. Cofix RX, the original povidone iodine-based antiviral nasal spray that you hear Dr. McCullough talking about, provides an additional invisible layer of protection from colds, flu, coronaviruses, and more. Click the banner ad on americaoutloud.com and use promo code OUTLOUD for 20% off. Stay protected with Cofix RX. I want to put in a big word for healthy cell supplements. The GI tract is not functioning normally in long COVID syndrome. I'm convinced of it. There are multiple studies. We need a much better absorbed set of nutraceutical and vitamin products for long COVID syndrome, and that's healthy cell. They have an entire line that's safe and effective, uh, can help people through the long COVID syndrome. I found the best way to use healthy cell products is use them every day, not on and off, on and off. 
take them every day consistently. The immune super boost, focus and memory, and the REM sleep supplement all have powerful effects in long COVID syndrome. Go to HealthySouth.com and in the promo code, type in out loud for 20% off your first order. Let's get real. Let's get loud on America Out Loud Talk Radio. We are the vision of the voices. You can email us at talk at americaoutloud.com. Welcome back to Viewpoint this Sunday. It is Malcolm Out Loud here, yours truly, and it always is a privilege to be with you. And if I don't tell you that enough, you know, you, you won't believe it. I tell you that all the time, don't I now? Listen, we are the home for liberty and justice for all. That is the mantra here at America Out Loud, to be sure. Uh, listen, get over I'm sure you're a regular stop, uh, make it your daily stop, or sign up for notifications, if you will, on the site. And a couple of times a day, we'll, we'll send you a quick flash, which you go on your web browser and tell you there's a, a big article or something you need to read or listen to there. Uh, we never overdo uh, our welcome, but we would like to keep you informed, as they say. Uh, you can subscribe to newsletters as well and, and share, share, share the out loud truth. There's a lot of articles, our columnists are all around the globe, uh, podcasts, talk Radio 24-7. It's all back at AmericaOutloud.com. All right. Big moment on Roe v. Wade. Yep. And uh, so a couple of things here. Does the draft become policy? I think everybody is wondering that or you know, typically these drafts are not final until they're announced. This one, of course, was announced prematurely due to a leak. That has set a lot of people uh, unsettled, including Justice uh, Clarence Thomas, who's come out very vocal about that. Now, to be sure, this does not abolish abortion in our country. Uh, there's a lot of misinformation out there. It's simply, in my view of this, it reinforces our 10th Amendment. Now, that's what it does, really, which is totally out of control. Federalism is what we're talking about here. Uh, we have a runaway federal government, and the only way to get that, as I just talked with Mark Gregorian up front there, is to bring it back to states. That's what you got to do here. Uh, the 10th Amendment, to be sure here, says the powers not delegated to the United States by the Constitution, nor prohibited by it to the states are reserved to the states respectively, or to the people. And my fellow Americans, guess what? Abortion is not in the Constitution. I got news for you. So there you go. So that's it. Case closed, no matter what Nancy Pelosi and company say. Let's bring on here now, Sidney Powell joins us. And uh, Sidney is an attorney, a former federal prosecutor. She, of course, was the lead counsel to General Michael Flynn, became very noted with that, was a really big voice, strong voice in the election of 2020. Uh, she's the author of the bestseller, Licensed to Lie. That book is in the America Out Loud bookstore, and it is on the front page, actually, as you listen to Viewpoint this Sunday, uh, right on uh, AmericaOutloud.com. Those books, uh, we, we change them every few days on the front page of the platform, but if you go into the bookstore, you'll get a whole lot of great resources there. All right. Sydney, first of all, it is awesome to catch up with you on Viewpoint. Welcome. Thank you very much, Malcolm. Clarence Thomas came out and uh, it's a, uh, during a conference in Dallas uh, Friday, late Friday, actually, he said, I do think that what happened at the court is tremendously bad. I wonder how long we're going to have these institutions at the rate we're undermining them. That really spoke to me. It, I, I don't know the way he said that. How long would have these institutions at the rate were undermined in them? That says a lot to me. He said, when you lose that trust, especially in the institution that I'm in, uh, it changes the institution fundamentally. Now that trust or that belief is gone forever, he says. Talk about the draft leak. Was your surprise shocked? What happens next with this draft leak and where are we at? <laughs> 
Well, I think it's entirely possible the court issues its decision in the Dobbs case tomorrow. The the leak was horrific because the privacy and secrecy at the Supreme Court is vital to its work. And whoever leaked it knew that they were willing to take that risk for whatever their motive was. But I would expect the decision to come out virtually the way it's written with very few, if any, differences, maybe as early as tomorrow. So they're not going to wait, you're saying, Sydney. Sydney, They're not going to wait. No, no, they should not wait. And now that it's been leaked, I think it's even more imperative they get it out quickly. In fact, I would have would not have been surprised if it come out two or three days after the leak. There are lots of technical things that have to happen before a Supreme Court decision is issued, but all of that can and should have been expedited to just get it out there and and make it law. You were correct to point out that it does not end abortion in the in the country. It just simply declares, as should be obvious to any constitutional scholar, there is no right to kill in the Constitution. That's pretty well said. But not just a scholar, but any average person can understand that point, Sydney. I mean, it's pretty basic. I mean, we have right. a Tenth Amendment in this country, yeah? Exactly. There's a Tenth Amendment that allows the states to make legislation. Roe v. Wade was essentially legislation by the Supreme Court that was not authorized by the Constitution either by the Tenth Amendment or by the text of the Privacy Clause itself. All right, let's touch now. I uh, want your thoughts on the justice intimidation that has taken place, which, by the way, is against the law. I'd like you to speak to that as an attorney yourself. Uh, and, you know, the White House is not pushing back on this. In fact, they're encouraging the protest, which is unbelievable. And, of course, the Speaker of the House is as well. Uh, what do you make of that? I mean, it's it's a pretty big ruckus around all the justices' homes now, which really you're not supposed to intimidate any judge in this fashion. And what happens once this is official now, this, this uh, draft is, uh, what do you think happens with the country and, and takes place? Well, it, it really should simply mean that people need to go to work to express their views to their state legislatures in a civil fashion. I would never encourage violence by any means. It is appalling that people are trying to harass Supreme Court justices, but that's what the left is all about. Getting in people's faces and and screaming seems to be one of their big, big uh, ways of operating since Maxine Waters and, and even Obama, I believe, encouraged getting in people's faces. Of course, when patriots try to just walk in the Capitol upon invitation, then they are prosecuted and jailed for a year without trial and Mm -hmm. horrific conditions and things like that. So it simply is another illustration of the double standard. I think somebody said if it weren't for double standards, the Democrats would have no standards at all. But it's just another example of the links they're willing to go to to achieve the essentially communist views that they want to see enacted in this country. 
a couple of thoughts here. Pelosi, the speaker, come out and said, well, the protesters just channeling their righteous anger into meaningful action. Uh, but of course, as you say, the standard is the hypocrisy is on the other side. She would be totally against it if it was a policy she was, uh, you know, n- not in support of. Uh, she would have been outraged right. with this. So now it's all good in glory. Uh, Julianne Applin is the president of the Wisconsin Family Action. They were firebombed with a Molotov cocktail, you might recall here. Uh, their headquarters were, were ruined there. And she says, it seems to me that Nancy Pelosi is partly responsible for inciting the kind of violence that, that we are the recipients of. Um, this was early Mother's Day morning last weekend. Uh, the kind of rhetoric heats things up. It doesn't cool it down. And our leaders need to be held responsible and held accountable for the kind of message they send. So back to what you're saying, calm, 10th Amendment. OK, figure it out what you want to do. The state's. But that is, I get the sense, Sydney, that's not what's going to happen next. There are going to be a lot of people that are going to inflame this here. Could this get really ugly? It, it could. Um, I certainly hope it doesn't. And I want to encourage everyone listening to take a calm and rational approach to it, as, as we should any issue in this country. It's ironic to me that Justice Thomas who I am, think the world of was talking about the erosion of confidence in our institutions. I think really that goes back to the court's failure to address the enormous legal issues that we and others raised in our petitions to the Supreme Court about the fraudulent, <clears throat> excuse me, about the fraudulent election. I think the court court lost respect of the citizenry when it put its collective head in the sand and refused to address the enormous election issues. I mean, the American people know what they saw in this election. We have an innate sense of right and wrong and Mm -hmm. uh, what stinks and what doesn't. And everyone knows that this election was a huge fraud. All right, let, let me jump into that now with you, because there was a big, big news story here that uh, is, is front and center with this conversation, and that is District Court Judge Marie Avery Moses here. This is out of Colorado, and this was the case with uh, Eric Coomer, uh, who filed a lawsuit defamation. This was a big deal with the Dominion voting systems. Uh, he sued about everybody and his brother. Uh, well, not quite everybody, but a lot of people. Giuliani, surely, he said that you were sued. Uh, there was a lot of folks, Michelle Malkin, uh, Gateway Abundant, uh, various my activists. Non-profit, yeah, my nonprofit defending the Republic was sued in that suit also, even though it didn't even exist at the time the statements <laughs> were made. Wow. And the judge's opinion is so outrageous. She refused to consider the evidence that she could even take judicial notice of that defending the Republic did not exist when this happened. You can't sue somebody that wasn't born yet. Mm, That's interesting. Yeah. Uh, She had a 136-page decision here uh, that uh, rejected all the arguments, uh, basically, is what it did here. What what happens now with this thing? Um, Now, I mean, now that she says it can continue on, you've got to now, I mean, this is expensive, isn't it? You've got to defend this thing. Oh, yes. That's part of the reason that uh, they brought it. Uh, Coomer sued me and Defending the Republic and I think 11 others first. And then a few few weeks thereafter, Dominion sued me and Defending the Republic 
for $1.3 billion. Wow. I think that was in January. <clears throat> and then a few weeks after that, Smartmatic sued me for $2.7 billion in New York, all in different jurisdictions, all designed to try to crush me and silence my voice and uh, cost me enormous legal fees, drain the resources of defending the Republic, which has to defend itself. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, that was part of their plan to punish me. And now there's a group called the 65 Project that uh, is working diligently to take my law license. Wow. The Texas Bar has sued me now to take my law license because I had the audacity to file lawsuits that included sworn testimony of any number of people and expert reports and proved mathematically that the election could not have come out this way and had cyber expert reports, the whole Megillah. I mean, you're not even required to file an affidavit with a complaint to start a lawsuit. You can file it on information and belief. And yet we attached all these affidavits to show how serious we were and how diligently we were taking our responsibilities to the court. And and yet they are trying to absolutely destroy us. The 65 Project vows to make us uh, toxic in our communities, to destroy our reputations and our livelihoods. You know, I, I can't even imagine what kind of people set about to do that to other people that they want to spend their time and their resources doing that but they instantly had 2.5 million dollars to work with to do that Hmm. so needless to say defending the republic.org needs people's contributions we're not only defending these outrageous actions to silence us and punish us but we are representing any number, uh, more than more than 40, I think, members of the military who do not want to take the jab for various reasons and shouldn't have to, okay. the clot shot, as we call it. And we're representing multiple January 6th defendants and providing the representation for multiple other January 6th defendants. Hmm. We've made two documentaries, one on called Doctor's Orders, and one about Coy Griffin, the political prisoner who was the cowboy for Trump that was kneeling to pray at the Capitol and and got arrested for crossing a barricade um, and spent, I don't know how many days, essentially in the hole of solitary confinement at that hellhole in D.C. they call a jail. The conditions there were so bad, they moved out all the other prisoners and left the January 6th prisoners in it. So we are fighting everything we can fight to protect our individual rights and just do the right thing. Uh, But we need the help of everyone who's listening Mm. to make whatever monthly contribution you can make. I mean, even $5 helps. But if if people could make a $20 monthly contribution at defendingtherepublic.org, that would make an enormous difference in our ability to continue doing what we strive to do wow. because we fight the battles others others fear. Wow. And, and we stand yeah. up where, where everybody else runs. 
Well, the fact that you've just, I'm so pleased you just shared the multifaceted, uh, 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 brilliant attacks you're, uh, you're fighting against. It gives, it gives everybody a perspective that this is, this is not um, self-grandizing here. This is, this is a, um, uh, a, a real, uh, uh, you know, grassroots uh, approach to solving some of the big problems that our nation is facing, defending the Republic. We will absolutely get behind that. We will put a link and a connection right to this on AmericaOutloud.com. As you hear the broadcast here, friends, it'll be right on the front page of AmericaOutloud.com, DefendingTheRepublic.org. And I want to get your a quick opinion on this 2000 Mules film from Dinesh D'Souza. Uh, interesting timing on that, potentially. And he's uh, talking about the all of this I- illegal uh, ballot harvesting and all that went on in uh, Arizona, Georgia, Michigan, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin in the uh, 2020 race. Um, so back to the narrative about what happened or didn't happen. And now with the midterm elections, your thoughts on that film and how are, and do you have any confidence now that this is all exposed and out in the open? How does this work now between now and the midterms? Do you have do you have confidence in this? Well, I would encourage everyone to see 2000 Mules. It's a very important film. It shows how blatant the voter fraud was. And it's terrifying in that our law enforcement has done nothing to prosecute these people who committed obvious crimes and that it took through the vote, Catherine Engelbrecht and Dinesh D'Souza to even bring this to light. That I find so offensive and appalling. That is the state of our country right now. So we have got to continue to fight county by county to demand our county commissioners not use machines. It's less expensive to have paper ballots that are hand counted in a transparent fashion and chain of custody made on for them. Uh, They can be, I mean, there should be a video camera at the counting place. The ballot should never leave it. The, you know, the video should run all the time. There, there are ways to make sure that each vote is counted properly and the ballots are secured. We should be good enough in this country to figure out how to do that. The reason we have these machines, I've realized, is to facilitate fraud. It goes back to the year 2000 when some were first introduced and and it's gotten worse every voting cycle as they've figured out better and more effective ways to cheat. It's absolutely horrible to consider the possibility that for 20 years, we don't even know which of our elected officials was was really elected right. by the people. Yeah. Uh, how and much, and we how much was legit and how much wasn't legit is what you're saying, right? It, I mean, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And, and that fact is so horrifying. People just want to blow it off and not think about it. But that's how we got to where we are. And we have got to stop that. And the only way to stop it is to go back to paper ballots, hand counted in a transparent fashion. Yeah. 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 It's got to happen at the local level is what you're saying, Sydney. And you're, it's exactly right. Exactly. That's what's going to push this. Everything at the local level is so important, friends. And that's something that conservative patriots and Republicans have ignored, sadly, is a lot of these local levels. And there was a price that we paid for that. I think people's eyes are wide open now with school board committees and local politics and, you know, all of that kind of thing um, has really cost a lot in the indoctrination of the kids. And it, it's all a faceted uh, 
uh, plummet, actually, for a country. Uh, Sydney, I'd, I'd like to get uh, end here with this big point here now. We're, all right, we're at this moment. Uh, it's, it's very interesting. I, I want to bring it to, to a very interesting op-ed that I, I enjoyed the read from Victor Davis Hansen, which is just a, a remarkable... He's brilliant. He really is brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> a remarkable voice. is just a terrific uh, patriot, conservative patriot voice, which we truly love. Uh, his uh, piece is entitled Last Days of the Republic, leftist policies could push America to its breaking point. Now, that has been sort of my underlying message here throughout this program with you, actually. We're in some really, yeah. and, and I agree with uh, Victor Davis Hanson on this point. And, and let me read this one sentence, and then I'd like you to really talk to the nation on this point here. He says this in that piece, Americans are now entering uncharted revolutionary territory. They may witness things over the next five months that would that once would have seemed unimaginable. What do you say to all that, Sydney? I would say we already are witnessing things that would seem unimaginable. The open border, the massive increase in crime, the price of gas, the destruction of the middle class through the government's response to COVID and and the increase in gas and the rising inflation. I mean, the whole purpose of this color revolution, which I'm convinced is what is happening in this country, is to destroy the middle class, to increase the power of government, and to make everyone dependent on and controlled by the government. It's, it's absolutely terrifying. People need to wake up, and we've got to go to the local level to stop all of it. Yeah, it's got to, it's got to start right there. Uh, Sydney Powell, it is always a privilege to talk to you. You're a great voice uh, for our country. Thank you. Thank you, Malcolm. I appreciate you having me on. This program, Viewpoint This Sunday, as you know, airs at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 p.m. on iHeartRadio Network. OK, all right. But it goes to podcast in the afternoon, right about three o'clock in the afternoon. Now, your job is to help us populate this. I and mean, this is heard by a lot of people. It's our biggest uh, program on the platform, Viewpoint This Sunday. But help us grow that audience more, circulate these. I mean, what a lineup of talent on these programs. Um, you, 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 you see it every week. There's more surprises and, and very interesting guests we have, um, you know, so help us get that message out there. Now, uh, I also want to mention one of our other strategic partners and a very important ebook that I want you to have. And this is from one of our uh, partners that you must know about, and that is the Genesis Fogger, genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud. The product is HOCL and the Genesis Fogger itself. Now, there's a free ebook, and there is a banner ads back at americaoutloud.com. You want to go get the ebook. I just, it's brand new. It's brand new. I just looked at it this morning before coming on here with you. Very, very impressive, I have to say. HOCL is an amazing product. And it, as I just read in the ebook here, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't repel the pathogens, it has a neutral charge. Instead, the negative, negativity uh, charged germs are attracted to it and they drop their defenses. So this allows HOCL to easily penetrate the cell walls of viruses, bacteria and all kinds of pathogens, SARS-CoV-2, superbugs, all of that to kill and inactivate them from the inside. 
HOCL is put into the fogger and it cleans the air around you. We, this is a household item. We all need to have it in our homes. And HOCL kills all of that stuff on contact. It is the way to go, my friends. I really like this product. I like the people behind it as well. Uh, GenesisFogger.com forward slash out loud or just click the banner ad back at America Out Loud. You get 15% off the product there off of the Fogger uh, by clicking that. They're there back at AmericaOutloud.com. All right. Stay right there now. We've got more viewpoint ahead here. We've got uh, Iowa Senator Zach Nunn joining us, an intelligence expert, Alana Friedman, up next to you. We'll join you on the other side here on Viewpoint this Sunday. The America Out Loud talk radio app is on Android or Apple. It's the perfect way to listen in to the new generation of talk shows and hosts who are ready to inform and inspire. Here on America Out Loud, we emphasize optimal health, and air is the most essential element for life. The average person inhales over 35 pounds of air every day. Yet we seldom think about how to rid the air of pathogens swiftly and safely when we need to. The Genesis Fogger Plus HOCL is the only way to quickly and naturally restore air to its optimal condition. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud for a free ebook on everything you need to know about HOCL and receive a 15% discount on the Genesis Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you'll be ready for what's next. Oral hygiene hasn't changed in 50 years. Brush, floss, repeat. We're told to use fluoride, which doesn't really address the acid-creating bacteria. That is where the dentist-recommended Spry Dental Defense System shines. Spry products contain xylitol, a natural sugar, which helps get rid of those nasty, smelly, acid-creating bacteria in our mouth. The best way to care for your teeth and gums is by using Spry. The Spry Dental Defense System has a wide variety of products, toothpaste, mouthwash, mints, and chewing gums that are designed to work together to keep your teeth clean and mouth healthy and smelling sweet all day long. To get your oral care back on track in an easy, effective, and very tasty way, switch to Spry today. Ask your dentist about Xylitol and the Spry products. Spry can be found online and at all fine natural product retailers. Welcome back to Viewpoint this Sunday. It is Malcolm Out Loud here. And uh, listen, midterm elections, as we were talking up front uh, about uh, with uh, Sidney Powell, and uh, uh, we're right in the heat of it right now. And I'd like to bring on a gentleman who's surely been on before on the platform, a friend of the network here. Uh, Senator Zach Nunn is here in the state of Iowa, and he's in a, a, a very big race, which we will talk about here today and in, in the U.S. House uh, in Iowa District 3. You know, one of the things I recognize uh, as we're coming now into this midterm is the number of military that are running for public office is not lost on me. In fact, I, for me, I don't hear anybody really talking about it, but I think it's a story in itself. And the reason I say that is because the vast number of, of incredible uh, patriots that are running that are military officers uh, is remarkable. Uh, I, I look at this election in kind of a way, Zach, is that this is a, a uh, kind of the new battleground is the way I would say it. Uh, and I'm talking about our election process uh, here in America here. Talk about that. Why so many military are inspired to run and that new battleground being really right here in America on election day. Yeah, Malcolm, great point. So I think we are now seeing the largest number 
of veterans running for office than we have at any time since just after World War II. There's a huge aspect in this is that, you know, as a military member myself, I've done combat tours twice in Afghanistan, in Iraq. I've flown combat missions and over hostile fire and recon missions against uh, Russians and Chinese. And there's a sense of purpose when you serve in uniform or you're part of a family who has served in uniform. You know the risk. And you're far more focused on mission execution with a clear plan than about political talking points or delivering speeches. And I'm really happy to see the number of veterans and even current members who are looking to serve signing up and saying, hey, I want to put my community in a new light. I've served myself. I'm still a squadron commander. I've now switched from active duty over to the guard and we believe that this is a way that we can help our community by doing what we have done in uniform. Now we want to be able to do it and hold Washington DC accountable because they're very good at giving speeches, but they are not good in the execution. And that part is disappointing. I think to all of us, whether you're a military member or not, we're all taxpayers. We all have buy-in here and we expect our government to be accountable to us. Amen. Amen to that. Right. That primary in Iowa now comes up June 7th to be clear, everybody here, June 7th here, uh, in the District 3 there, Iowa. And let's talk about, now this is an opportunity, as I understand it, Zach, is to pick up a seat potentially. Talk about what that means and the opponents. It looks like you're uh, running in the primary against Nicole Hasso and uh, Gary Leffler. And where does the race sit right now in the primary, please? Yeah, so as you highlight, one of the most important things here is not just that we do well in our congressional numbers, which is what it's looking like nationwide, but we've got to beat Democrat incumbents to win a majority. If we don't beat five Democrat incumbents, we don't win a majority no matter how well we do in races where we run up the score. And so just this week, uh, Roll Call highlighted this as our race here as one of the top two best pickups to beat very vulnerable Democrat incumbents. We redistricted fairly here in Iowa. It went from a purple district to a plus three Republican district. The only one higher than us is down in Arizona. We feel very strong headed into this. And we want to see a majority, not just for Iowa, but to be able to hold the Biden administration accountable and to be able to topple the Nancy Pelosi regime. Now, I, I will say, I think that we are by far and away uh, the strongest position headed into this primary. We are polling double digits ahead of the other two candidates who I will speak no ill of another Republican. They are good people, but they have never run for office. They, they have never uh, worked on public policy and they've never fought not just for their country on the battlefield, but on, on clear issues that drive policy forward in a way that actually helps our community. You know, I am proud to have led when it comes to our economy, cutting taxes twice, the largest in history. And that's money in families' pockets that right. they invest locally in their community. It's not a federal handout. I am proud to be a, you know, a small business owner with my wife. We actually felt the pain in the last two years of the pandemic and government mandates and burdens that shut down so many of our main streets. But we stayed with it and we kept going. And like so many families in America right now, we are hurting when inflation's at a 40-year high and gas is the highest it's ever been. And I'm a dad of six kids. You, you and wow. I feel it, Malcolm. Wow, I didn't realize you had six children. Two fosters and uh, four of our own, yeah. Oh, bless you, brother. Bless you. Wow, that's incredible, man. Um, all right. 
Let me, so to tell folks again now, Zach is uh, also a retired Lieutenant Colonel, U.S. Air Force, okay, uh, tours in Iraq, Afghanistan. Uh, Zach's been on before with us. You hear his voice. And, you know, Zach, you are, you're, you're a patriot for sure. Uh, you're just a great American voice and really the kind of people we need in Washington. Uh, the website I want to give to folks to help support this candidacy, please, uh, to get uh, Zach Nunn uh, from, he's right now Iowa State Senator to the U.S. House, uh, is Zach, Z-A-C-H, ZachNunn.com. It's a whole lot of information on that website. It's really, really good. Uh, Zach, um, over the next couple of weeks, we'll have you. I want to get back on, talk about some policy, big, big picture stuff, which you're always so good at. But I wanted to get you in today to really tell folks we're in the heat of a midterm elections. That's so important. And uh, and we want to we want to help give you a jump start here, brother. Malcolm, thank you very much. And I appreciate both you and your listeners here. You guys have been longtime supporters of patriots who actually want to get work done. Well, my fellow Americans, if you want to make a difference and the midterm elections are key, a lot of these races and surely these House races are going to be vital. And the fact that we have a lot of military personnel running for office should be a sign to you that the election is the next battlefront in our nation. And that is what we're dealing with right here. So get behind people like Zach Nunn, ZachNunn.com, Z-A-C-H, and support these kinds of candidates that bring an America first uh, attitude to our nation. I mean, uh, you can't put it any other way. That's the way to do it. Good patriots and conservative voices that can make a difference here. Now let's move it along to a new intelligence report I want to bring to you from Ilana Friedman is here. She's a veteran intelligence analyst and, and surely in the thick of all of these stories. And uh, so it's a series of stories. What you're going to hear next is some uh, a level of intelligence you're not going to hear just anywhere else. And you'll hear it from somebody on the inside of things who works with these intelligence circles and uh, on the uh, foreign policy international front here. Uh, Ilana, I'm going to turn it to you. And we'll, I know we'll start talking about this Israel story first, quite a fascinating story. Then Ukraine, Russia, some things about China. Let me give it, get it over to you. Go ahead. It begins with a story in, that comes from Israel. Um, the Israeli police carried out a raid against a terrorist nest in uh, the West Bank town of Janine. And in the course of very heavy uh, uh, firefight, uh, a journalist from Al Jazeera News was shot and killed. Um, immediately, Al Jazeera blamed the Israeli police, although it's really not clear how she was killed and from whom because the, fighting was, the, the firing was so wild. The, uh, her funeral was the next day, and that was um, exactly uh, the same kind of chaos. No shooting, but fighting. And uh, in fact, the, the casket was almost toppled in wow. the course of all this chaos. Uh, the, the, down, the bottom line on this is that uh, feelings are running very, very hot in Jerusalem right now. And what's going to happen next is something um, if you're interested in what happens in the Middle East, you need to watch this because it's not the likelihood is that it's not going to stop here. My next story uh, takes me to Europe, to the U to Ukraine, where um, some very interesting things are happening in the steel mill where hundreds of Ukrainian fighters have been holed up for more than two months. The Russians uh, have run out of steam. They have, they're too weak to be able to continue the fight against the steel mill. And this is something that is really very telling because uh, they have been at it and, and 
pounding the steel mill for more than two months. Uh, what they did not account for probably uh, is the fact that the steel mill has 14 miles of tunnels underneath it, and the Ukrainian fighters have been putting this to good use. Uh, so in, in that part of Ukraine, Russian is, Russia is failing. Now, in another part of Ukraine, uh, Russians were trying to cross a, uh, a river, and they built a pontoon bridge and started crossing it, and the Ukrainians took out the pontoon bridge and everything that was on it and, <laughs> and near it. Yeah. Um, this was another loss for Russia and a gain for Ukraine. These are, these are victories for Ukraine, and Ukraine is continuing to have them. And this, this story is uh, really uh, important from that point of view, because uh, whatever we're hearing about Russian victories in Ukraine are probably... Uh, less true than what we're hearing about Ukrainian victories. They're doing very, very well. Then we go to Europe, to Finland. Finland has taken a uh, position which was unexpected, but uh, they want to join NATO and they want to do it fast, Finland and Sweden. Uh, but Finland has a, an 800-mile border with Russia, and Russia considers that if Finland should uh, join NATO, it will be a national security threat to Russia. So they're against it and they have in retribution for just saying that they want to apply for membership, they have cut off uh, electrical power that they provide to Finland and they did that today. Um, Finland says they don't care, they can get their electricity from Sweden and also from their own domestic uh, production. So we'll see what happens with that. And the last story that I have for you today is from China, uh, the Great Desert in, uh, in, in China. It's the, one of the largest sandy deserts in the world. And in this desert, China is carrying out war games with, um, with model uh, warships that are replicas of American warships. And the assumption is the assumption is that um, China is practicing uh, for a naval battle with the United States. And uh, this is something that uh, is not widely known that they're carrying on these war games, but they are, for all intents and purposes, uh, practicing to go to war with us. Mm. There's one more thing that I, I neglected to mention about Russia, which is that uh, senior officials in the Russian military have said two things about Putin. He, he's very, very sick physically and that he is losing his mind. That's mm. what they say, that he is going completely yeah. off the deep end. And so this raises a lot of questions about the fact that he has, still has his finger on the nuclear yeah. Well, and speaking of that, the telltale signs, Ilana, over the next uh, many weeks is going to be probably the pivotal point of this a war, I'm, I'm thinking now, and with what you say about the victories, if you think about it, the, these various victories that are happening with Ukraine and pushing back Russia, with Finland now and Sweden coming out with this, and, and Poland is not far, you know, all of this is happening there now, where there's an unsettlement in there. And the question now becomes, uh, what does Putin do now with his back against the wall? 
Uh, that is a wrap from here, my friends. A tremendous thank you to Mark Gregorian, Center for Immigration Studies, CIS.org, how to catch up all the information on immigration there. Uh, attorney Sidney Powell here. And, uh, you know, Sidney is a strong voice for freedom, no doubt about it. Defendingtherepublic.org. Uh, links back at America Out Loud for all this, by the way. Sign up for the newsletter as well that Sidney has there as well on that site. Uh, and uh, also, uh, uh, Iowa uh, Senator Zach Nunn is running for U.S. House. Uh, Zach Nunn, Z-A-C-H Nunn.com. Uh, uh, please check that out with Zach uh, and uh, and uh, make a difference there. And Ilana Friedman here on all the intelligence and these world stories. My friends, it's all back at AmericaOutloud.com and uh, help us keep the flame of liberty burning right there. Thank you for being with me on the mission. It's time to get involved and get loud, America. Thank you.